Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. It's time now for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grader. Welcome back, everybody. 9.01 the time for the final time this season. It is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. We are in the Family Leisure Studios, uh, Greg, Eli, and Zach, and Harold will be joining us momentarily. Family Leisure, it's where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Special financing is available, so get ready for the summer. Purchase your above-ground pool now to get first in line for installation at Family Leisure. All right, one more game to go in the college football season, although we know that... There's not a passing day in which there's not football news with uh, the portal and things of that nature. Now, the portal, I guess, technically is closed, although still announcements are coming in with players uh, who have jumped into the portal. The portal will reopen again. If you're a graduate, you could get in any time. Yeah, but for underclassmen, and the portal will reopen right right around spring football. Who knows? Because it's it's different. It's different dates for for different teams. So I'm not sure what those dates are, but it will reopen. So you will see changes on every roster. Players that after spring football will decide, yeah, maybe I need to go somewhere else. And then those teams will pick up players, right, from the portal and add to their roster. So the roster is ever-changing and will continue to do so. But obviously the news yesterday, the big news, Jordan Hankins promoted to defensive coordinator for the University of Memphis as we are now joined by Mr. Harold Grader, fresh back from Pasadena, California, and a very successful AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. How are you, sir? We go from one Christian Brothers guy to another. Yes, we are. How about that? We're in a CBHS role here. How are you? Doing great. Happy New Year to everyone. You too. Good to see you. Glad to be back home. Good to have you back. Thought you would stay. Once you got out there, thought you would just stay there. Nah. It was fun while I was there. How how nice was the weather? I know it was for the game. The weather was nice. Got... uh, a little, a little cool. We needed a little jacket there in the second half or a pullover. <laughs> but, you know. Not eight foot of snow, though. Little, no. Was, in the little, mountains. It was a little warmer than the, your game here. Just a tad. <laughs> Just a tad. I was reading these uh, numbers earlier. Your announced crowd is the ninth best of all the bowl games at 48-789. And... That's somewhat low compared to some of the others you've had. So that's a that's a really good turnout. You know, to me, and I'm working the sidelines, as you know, for yeah. Tigers broadcast, I thought early on, I was like, ah, I don't know about this. And then, boy, they filed in pretty nicely. It ended up being a pretty good crowd. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had a streak, and I had to go back and look at the records, but well over 10 years, maybe 15, could be even 20 years, I have to go back and look, where we had at least 50,000 you know, announced. And I think this is the second time, I guess, obviously the COVID year, you know, we had yeah. restricted attendance, obviously. Um, but to be in that ranking uh, or that listing, as you said, Greg, um, you know, that's a big win for us because the the dynamics around the bowl games in college football and live sports in general has changed dramatically. And as the years go along and guys like us, I say myself specifically, my age group, um, you know, the younger folks uh, aren't as energized, I guess is one way, 
to put it, to actually be at the game. Uh, you know, I saw that with, with my kids during their college days, of, and we still see that now uh, from, I would say, again, college age up to the 30-somethings, where, you know, the social activity around a game is about they want to be with their friends. They want to gather, and that's part of what you see in stadiums, creating gathering yep. locations where they just want to hang out. The game is happening or you're tailgating and you're have it on a TV at your tailgate spot where you're, where you're quote unquote at the game but you're not walking into the stadium. So the dynamics have changed. Um, so again, we, we thank everyone who who was there who supported the game, uh, Tiger fans who supported uh, the U of M and, and the great fans from Iowa State. And you, you guys know, you know, from announcement Sunday through the last show we did prior to the bowl game, you know, part of my messaging was Tiger fans get out there and and show your support. And you know, I wasn't sure what that side of the field was going to look like. And I was pleasantly surprised as a bowl executive, uh, pleased as a Tiger fan. Uh, kudos to the Tigers and their fans. I mean, they showed up, a lot of blue in the stands. And, uh, again, I, I hope that that win for Ryan and that football program and the excitement around the game, uh, the win, that that momentum can, continues and carries forth through spring ball and then to the fall. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff still yet to come. We know there's a key council meeting next week, I guess it is, uh, regarding the stadium. So a lot of things in the air uh, that are important about the future of Tiger football. And, and, and I would say uh, circle December 29th, 2023, as a red-letter day now for Tiger football. And I think that's a day, a game, a week that hopefully down the road when bigger things happen that you look back and that was and is a huge jumping-off spot, not just for the 24 season, but for Tiger football under Ryan Silverfield uh, going forward. Well, that's, you know, I, I saw the other day, it's not often that, when we talk about statement wins, like for a coach, the statement is to his own fans. But that's what that kind of was for yeah. Silverfield. He needed that type of win against it as a 10-point underdog, a game that yeah. you're not supposed to win. And to go out and win it the way they did, again, it's not going to win over everybody because there's going to be some who sure. who just don't aren't, aren't going to be. I mean, unless they like win the national championship, aren't going to be won over. But that at least has to... To earn him some good favor among some of those fans who have been doubters of his. Oh, no doubt. And you, hearing you say that, uh, Eli, you know, I would draw the analogy to Florida State and and Mike Norvell in this way: the Tigers and Coach Silverfield just won ten games for what? Fifth time. The fifth time in the history of Tiger football. You know, Florida State goes undefeated, wins the league championship. They don't make the – what else can you do? Tiger football, here's the correlation I would draw. They just won 10 games, beat a big uh, 12 school, beating beat them impressively. What more do you got to do, Tiger fans, to say, Brian Silverfield's the right guy for this job? And I was impressed with the defense. Glad to see the move made. I guess it was yesterday or the day before on the on the defensive coordinator spot. Uh, I, I I did not know uh, Jordan uh, before bowl week. Um, he was named uh, interim 
defense coordinator the day that defense was the spotlight in our pre-bowl press conferences and had a chance to visit with with Jordan and uh, he had one of his his sons with him and again just got to know him a, a little bit and uh, what Tiger what the Tigers did on defense was impressive yeah I mean because you know that was a pretty good that was a pretty good Iowa State football team and to do what the Tigers did was impressive kudos to them uh, congratulations to Jordan and getting that job promotion and again circle it remember it you know, in the in for Tiger fans, uh, you know, looking back at, at Tiger history, you know, there was the game way back in the '60s when they tied Ole Miss, and uh, you know, more our era. You know, Tigers went to L.A. beat USC under Chuck Stobart. I can remember a win on the road against uh, Auburn back in the day. Uh, there were other, you know, significant wins, but. Where we are with that program and in the context in the environment of college football today, big, big win for that. Not just Ryan Silverfield, but Tiger football in general to set the pace for the future. Yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement with that. I expect an announcement soon on, on Ryan Silverfield's future here at the University yeah. of Memphis as far as a contract is yep, concerned. I would expect However, that. with all that said, still didn't get to the conference championship game, which is their goal, which means right. next year there's a little more pressure on this team. And when you throw in the fact that Tulane lost their coach, Michael Pratt's now gone, UTSA lost their longtime quarterback, and Memphis has Seth Hennigan coming back, a yeah. fourth-year starting quarterback, which has to be a rarity, like a unicorn around college football these days, Memphis is going to go into next season probably the pick to win it. Wouldn't you agree? I would think so, and they should be. And of course, this is something you know I have said uh, on this show uh, this season, previous years, that Tiger football, the Tigers, just the athletic program overall, sp- specific to football, should be in the hunt. And I think that expectation is there, and it's a and it's a reasonable expectation is for that team uh, to be challenging in. Challenging for the championship in the championship game every year. Uh, I don't think that's unreasonable to expect from this fan base. Um, but you uh, have to continue to support. And uh, that means donations to the program, season tickets, NIL, the whole bit. And, uh, you know, I, I say this, I, I don't want to pull the curtain back too far. Um, on on the experience of the Tigers playing in our game, um, but you know, just being an alum and a fan, I know I had friends and just casual conversations of people, you know, raising their eyebrows a little bit about ticket prices for a bowl game. You know, our you know our chairback seats, I think were a hundred bucks, hundred and ten, something like that, and and I'm like, folks. We want to step off into the deep water of, of Power Five football. <laughs> yeah. You know, a hundred, hundred ten bucks, whatever the number was for a for a seat. That's nothing, right? Yeah, and you, yeah, you, like, you, you gotta you, you gotta get, get a the, dose of reality, and you gotta check your cards. Of are we ready? And I think some in our fa- and I'll say our as a Tiger fan and alum, I'm not sure all of our fans are are ready for that. Now I understand you pay what you can pay. Everyone's situation is different. I understand that. I don't want to just throw a blanket out there, but um, just look around the neighborhood. Well, that's if you if you get into 
one of the Power Five conferences, if you're in the Big 12 or ACC, whatever it is. Yeah. Those, those season ticket prices you're paying right now, they're going to change a little bit. Oh, and, and, <laughs> they're going to change slightly. There's and, also inflation. And, People and, are and, grandfathered into and, a $10 ticket. And, and Eli, I would even say, yes, because I brought it up in the context of going to a Power Five, but you know, I haven't talked to Laird and the leadership over there about this specific topic, but again, as a fan and alum, when the renovations to that stadium are eventually made and there's a, oh, a, yeah. a new product. Oh, yeah, no question. Prices are they going should. up. What, they should. Whether, whether you're in a Power 5 or not. Uh, so yeah, get ready, folks. Uh, it's coming. Well, and, they, um, they got to raise $50 million and for you're, that. You're, you're well, going to exactly. pay for it one way or another, right? Yeah, I mean, first things first, <laughs> the $50 million that's out there. And it's interesting, we had Jeff Crane on, we do every week, yeah. University of Memphis Deputy AD, and we were talking to him about next week, and you hope there's no issues Tuesday. The council meeting, as you alluded to, uh, will meet the city council, and hopefully they will pass the minutes from the previous meeting in December yeah. when they uh, talked about and voted uh, the University of Memphis taking over, uh, running the show, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. And at that point, then you would move forward as far as the uh, reconstruction and and the uh, refurbishment of this of this uh, stadium, but Jeff said, you know, obviously we got to raise fifty million. We got to yeah. match Fred Smith's fifty million dollars. He didn't seem like right. Eli, tell me if I'm wrong. That it was, hey, next week here come the bulldozers. It's going to be a while before they even start the construction. Correct. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be a little while. I don't I don't think they know for sure exactly when. I mean, they got, but I think I don't think it'll be too long. I thought didn't he, he didn't he allude to like either a couple of weeks or a couple of months? Yeah, he, I mean a couple of he, months. I thought he said. But again, as he said, they fully still plan on it being done by the twenty twenty five season. Right. So yeah, whenever you start, if you feel like you've got the timeline to get it done by the twenty five season, it doesn't really matter when you start. Yeah, no question about it. All right. Um, as far as our picks are concerned, gentlemen. Um, oh, here we go. Well, Harold, you should be happy about Final this. exam. Here's a, here come the... <laughs> so we made picks, yeah. and what we did was we just went yeah. right down the line, and we picked a winner without doing any homework on this thing. No uh, spread. We did not use the spread. Uh, you you guys were both good. I was horrible. You guys were both 24 and 17. We did not pick the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. 24 and 17, and I was 19 and 22. And even getting close to 500 was because I, went, I got hot at the end. It was terrible early on. So to break the tie between you two guys, and I'll make we're, a pick as well. We're picking the Natty. We're picking the Natty. Oh, oh we're going to have a tie break. We're going to pick the Natty, but we also have to pick the Natty with a score oh. for the tie break because you guys might pick the same Here we team. Go. So hmm. with, without further ado. Oh, my gosh. The I'll, national let you, I'll let you pick championship first. Who do you game. want? You know, uh, I am so mixed after seeing Michigan in person. Impressed with their defense, impressed with Corum and and the running game there against Alabama, but you got Michael Penix out. You know, to me, and, and we may get deeper into the conversation, but it's the Michigan defensive line against Michael Penix. Yes, is what it all boils down to. Yes. And can he neutralize that defense? Because uh, they did it. They did a number on Alabama. Yeah, there was no them. doubt. About, well, Alabama's off anyway. We can get into that if you want to talk more about the yeah. Rose Bowl game. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to take Michael Penix and Washington. I didn't think you were going in that direction. What's the score? I, I just uh, I, you know, I just can't take the Michigan thing. I'm, I was 
no matter what you did, I was going to go the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take yeah. Michigan. All right, yeah. so, so I was hoping you would take Michigan because I don't want now score. Gosh, you're I going hate... Washington. Eli's going Michigan. Yeah. yeah. We don't need a score. There will be no tiebreaker. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Because we, we'll we went the other way. Say, yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's I go was score go, anyway. I, I got to go the opposite if you don't. Thank you for saving let, me let, for having to come up with a score. This oh, score. you don't want to? You want to come up with a score just for laughs? Oh, sure. Come on, uh, let's just do this for. I am going to say twenty-eight, twenty-four. Okay. 28-24 Washington. Washington. I can tell you I'm picking Washington. My score is very similar. I already had it in my head. 31-28 Washington. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be high scoring. We just had Dallin Hayden on. He, yeah. he thinks it'll be high scoring as well. Eli, you got Michigan. What's your score? 24-21. 24-21. It's interesting because of uh, you know our little bet here. Eli goes Michigan. I, do you? Are you just doing it because... You're going the opposite no matter what for the bet, or yeah. do you okay? Because his thought has always been that Michigan should not even be in this thing because of the scandal. And so we have probably a situation where, unless you're affiliated with Michigan, unless you're yeah. a fan or an alum of Michigan, everybody else in the world who cares about college football is rooting for Washington. Well, it's interesting, yeah, you because know, uh after the game, uh Going out after the game and getting a little bite to eat after the ball game, uh, being surrounded by you know Michigan folks, uh, and having a chance to you know just you know watch the we were all watching the second game that the, the Texas Washington game and just asking folks, uh, and I was interested one just from a football perspective, a Midwest perspective because obviously you know sometimes when you, when you're when you live in a certain part of the country, that's the only viewpoint you get. So, and, and, you know, and I'm not exposed to, to to Big Ten conversation or Big Ten fans, obviously. So it was it was interesting to talk to those folks. Obviously, they were they were happy. They're in a good mood. Their team won. They're going to the national championship. But to ask them the 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 question about how do you, what do you think about Jim Harbaugh? What do you think about all that stuff? They just shrug. Eh, yeah, no, don't care. No, yeah, don't, don't care because they win. It's meaningless. It's uh, it's no big deal. Doesn't matter to us. We're playing for a national championship. We're playing for the Who national cares? championship. That everybody does it. One guy said, "Every everybody See, does stuff like just, that." Which is just dumb to say that because if everybody did that, why has nobody else been caught doing it? Right. Well, I wasn't going to get into it. I mean, I know. I yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like, yeah, I, but I hear like, that. It's the same thing. <clears throat> any program, whatever their coach has done or is caught doing whatever, if they're winning, they're always going to shrug it off. Who cares? Yeah. If, and yeah. If, and, and now if that coach leaves, <laughs> then they'll, yeah, yeah, even then, 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 yeah, he was cheating anyway. Like, yeah, good riddance, he was cheating anyway. It was like all that stupid stuff comes out. Yeah. We know about that here with Calipari. Let's be honest. It's, it's, you, he's great. You don't care what they do as long as they're your coach and they're winning games. They leave, then they become cheaters or whatever. But while they're there winning games, you do, fans generally do not care how they're doing it as long as they're winning. I, would agree I, I with think that. That, that's a fair, fair statement. And, uh, you know, not to rehash all of that stuff, but I can recall, you know, when all that was happening and we talked about it on the show, um, you know, there were two things. One, you know, sign stealing in and of itself is not against the rules. Correct. It's just part of the competition, like stealing the catcher from a 
third base coach in baseball or yes. or sneaking a peek at the catcher, right? It's just right. part. Of, it's how this guy did it with all the electronic stuff and the recordings and all. The, the That's advanced. what's against the rules. Like banging trash cans in the case yeah, yeah, of your yeah, Houston yeah, Astros. Yeah, don't it, yeah. The advanced <laughs> in-person <laughs> scouting. Like that's, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. So here, here's, and you cannot do it. Here's what J.J. McCarthy said, the quarterback from Michigan. Okay. Um, we did things the right way as players. It would be very unfortunate to not get recognized for all the hard work that we put in and everything we accomplished over this last year. But at the end of the day, you know it's not going to change the amount of accomplishment and the amount of pride for being on this football team and just everything that we accomplished because we know what we put in. So the headline is that you know they did the thing they did things the right way. So this information that was accumulated, was it dispersed among the players? Did the players know? Because if they did the thing, if they did things the right way, then they wouldn't have been involved as far as knowing where this information had come from, how they were able to um, to, to to get the information. If this was kept completely quiet by the coaching staff, and you and I have had this discussion before about the players, I said you can't penalize the players. How much did the players know about this? Yeah, that that's and the, the thing is, you know, coaches on the other side. Uh, numerous coaches have said, you know, we change our signals every week. So, what did Dallas so, say? So what? Eli, what did Dallas say about that? Well, he said they did. They had to change a lot when they played Michigan this year. But he, 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 he said uh, they did say they did. It wasn't that much different necessarily than what. But they changed a week to week. But they did because you're. Now you had to come out obviously before that game, but, but he seemed pissed. Um, but yeah, I mean, representing Ohio State, that he they believe Michigan cheated and probably yes. shouldn't be in the game, and Ohio State did not. Yeah, I mean, again, they blatantly broke a rule. That is, it's right there. Yeah. Everybody knows that rule. They blatantly broke it. There is no other explanation for what he was doing. By the way, you weren't sitting next to him at the game, were you, Connor? Was because he was at the game. You weren't. You weren't next to him. No, I, no, I was not. No, I wasn't. But went to dinner with him, though. He, I mean, they blatantly broke rules, and I don't. If I, I still don't understand. Like, if if the only punishment for blatantly breaking a rule like that is that your coach gets suspended for three games at the end of the regular season, what is the deterrent from another program doing it? Our coach gets suspended for three days. Yeah, so, nobody cared. <laughs> who cares? Impacted nothing because he coached him during the week. And and now, if somebody right. else is caught right. doing it in the future, what what can you do to him? Like you can't ban them from the postseason. You didn't yeah. do it here. Why would you do it to to a school in the future? So I assume you don't believe that if Michigan wins Monday night, their championship is tainted. They have an asterisk next would, to it. I would say no. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, or maybe maybe even quite a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, he's I'll leave it there. It's, I was going to say, they didn't take away no, the he, World he, Series he, title he, from he, the Astros. He's an Astros fan. Look. He is a full supporter of cheating. No. No. <laughs> this, is, this is right no, up no, his alley. No, 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 no. Like, he, he, Harold absolutely believes in this stuff. No. <laughs> I, I will tell you, as a lifelong— He accepted the lunch from you, did he not? When, they, when the Astros won that— <laughs> Well, now you're talking free food. <laughs> yes. Well, on Gaston, game. that was a once-in-a-lifetime deal. No, you're going to well, get another one. Twice-in-a-lifetime now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I would look just just to wrap that one up. That was a total embarrassment on the on the organization. Everything that happened to individuals involved with that deal with the Astros, they deserved everything they got. And 
And you know what? And you know what? They be they've become a hated team. Maybe not yeah, as much they, as yeah. the Yankees, but they've become a, Michigan has become a hated team. And I'm not just talking about from the Ohio State yeah. brethren, yeah. right? I'm talking about from college football fans around the sure. country. But sure. The, the thing that drives me crazy about the whole thing. The idea that Jim Harbaugh like would this all went on and Jim Harbaugh would not have known about it is insane. Insane. Yes, it is. Because because the bottom line is during the game, if even if you don't for whatever stupid reason you don't talk, you're not really talking about it in practice, but I guarantee you they're talking about it in practice. Like, and that's why I still firmly believe players do about it. like they, they, this had to be a conversation about hey would they do this like all these things like it's going to be like hey we know their signals blah blah, blah. but even during the game. Jim Harbaugh is wearing a headset. I have to believe in the headsets when they're watching the signals on the other side, and they go, "Hey, they're about to blitz, or they're running this play." He's he's like, "Man, you guys are amazing at predicting what they're going to do. How the hell did we figure all this stuff out?" I don't know. This is crazy. We got like we got Nostradamus upstairs who knows everything that's about to happen from the opponent. He has to know where they're getting this information. That's impossible yeah. for him not oh. to know. Right. Well, that's why he was suspended. Right, you know, I don't care the sport. No, they they well they they they, they suspended. They, they didn't say he knew. They just say he's in charge of the program. Okay, but I guess they they figured at, probably that. Look at at the highest level of college athletics, maybe even at lower levels, but certainly at the level we're talking about, whether it's football, basketball, every head coach knows exactly what's happening in his program. Yes, because they're all paranoid. They're all no question. all over it. No question from A to Z. They're in control. It's their deal. They know exactly what's happening in their program. There's, there's no way Connor Stallions is doing all this and just keeping it a complete secret from the head coach of the team. No, and I will say from the one picture, I guess it was on uh, so somewhere I saw it somewhere on on social. He he did have a better seat at the game than I did. Yes, <laughs> not that he didn't earn his better seat. But I, I, I paid what I could pay, and but I said we, you know, our seat still had great great view. You should yeah. not, you should have you should have hung out with him. Should have got to know him. No, I didn't. Well, I would not want to do that. <laughs> you could have taken him to break. Mean, if he comes to Memphis, maybe he's scouting the Tigers at some point. <laughs> take, take him to Sunrise, right? You could take him to Sunrise. You could take him over there for breakfast. Get him a McBetter. McBetter, that's your uh, That's Oh, yeah. yeah. McBetter. I'm a McBetter guy. You're a McBetter. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Turkey sausage. I'm I'm P-Love, which is the fried bologna. But they got, or the kitchen sink. Can yeah. never can never go wrong with the kitchen sink. I saw Greg and his family in there. Yes, sir. I think, I think it was after the last show. That's right. Stopped in there for a it's, little getaway. Turn right and, to tap my shoulder. It's Harold. He's waiting for a takeout. It, he's waiting for his big better. Absolutely. Can't, Got can't, it to go. You can't yeah. go wrong. The breakfast over at Sunrise. Of course, the lunch is absolutely fantastic as well. All the great sandwiches and salads and that. But the breakfast, boy, that is what they are absolutely known for. And you can go check them out in the original location. That's at 670 Jefferson Avenue. Sunrise East. Poplar Avenue in East Memphis for breakfast or lunch lunch. Uh, boy, it's absolutely delicious. Don't forget to go to sunrise901.com. You can order online, get it to go, so you can pop one in, grab your stuff, and be on your way very, very quickly from the folks at Sunrise. All right, we gave you our picks for Monday's National Championship game, but we're going to look ahead to next year and the start of the 12-team playoff when we return. This is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. 
Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grater. Welcome back, everybody. You know, a couple of things I had heard. You were out there at the Rose Bowl. I've been there, but not to a game, not even inside. Just went there and saw the outside of the Rose Bowl. Tried to get in. It was all gated. It was all locked up and everything like that. But just beautiful with the mountains, with the San Gabriel Mountains in the background. Just a beautiful venue. So two things about the Rose Bowl. One, it may have been Kirk Herbstreet who said, or somebody else with ESPN that they should make that the permanent venue for the national championship. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Okay, it was Kirk. Yeah, and then Stephen A. Smith said they should move it to SoFi, which he's out of his mind. I mean, I I've had it up to here with the indoor stadiums. There's just no ambiance. There's no anything, but they're going to have them obviously. Sure. But what about the Rose Bowl being the permanent site for the national championship game? I got to tell you, from uh, from a fan experience, I mean, one, it, it was a it was a bucket list trip for for me. You know, doing what I do, just being a fan yeah, of the game, sure. the history, and because I you know I admit, you know, I, I'm a stadium geek. I love seeing old iconic stadiums like that, and, and to be able to have that experience uh, was special. Uh, but I got to tell you, uh, you know, they're great and. It's iconic. Take away the mountains and this beautiful, lush, green field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Um, it's not that special really? uh, from a user, from a fan experience. You mean um, like concessions and all that Everything, kind of stuff? Uh, yes. Uh, I started – my seat was on row 65, corner of the end zone on the Alabama side of the field. With about 30 seconds to go in the first half, I started making my way down, going to concession and restroom. Concessions were a little bit of a debacle. <laughs> um, by the time I did those two things, that took longer to get get uh, the food. It was a bacon wrap hot dog. Though. It was great. Great dog. Great dog. <laughs> great dog. <laughs> but... I got back yada yada over the hot dog. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got back to my seat with five minutes to go in the third. What? Yes, yes. Because halftime's like seemingly an hour. All all of the the vending is outside the stadium, and what to bring it uh, so you can visualize it. What we would in essence call the halo. Yeah. You know, here it's you you come out and then you have that area. Uh, which is inside, you know, a, a perimeter fence, yes. but it's a walk around area. But everything's in a tent. Whether it was the souvenir stand, I mean, everything is in a portable, like a tent. So they don't have any like concession stands, like in the stadium. Like no, you walk outside the stadium into what I would describe as wow. the halo, and they were understaffed. I mean, in the in the the line I was in, there were there were two people at the. It was like a. You, you, it looked to me like you could have accommodated like six people working, yeah. or taking orders and all that yeah. stuff, and they had like four, two and two, and um, it took it took a it took much longer than uh, I had expected. But again, I'm not going to dog them. Yeah. Uh, it was, but it it wasn't you know the impeccable. 
incredible, what? you know, fan experience. Um, you know, that I didn't ride the shuttles, but they had, a, they had shuttle service to and from. Uh, the the get in process. Uh, was a little bit crazy. I mean, they encouraged people. I mean, as soon as the gates opened, they were you were getting you know push notices on your phone. Hey, come come in early. Get, get in early. Um, you know, once you once you got into the the bike rack lanes, you know, you zigzag yeah, in. Yeah. It was it was pre- it was pretty good, uh, but it was getting because it was just this yeah. m- mash of people. Headed to the gates, but uh, but again, but when you walk walk through that portal, and you and boom, there it is. It's it's a wow, it's a wow moment. What was, it really what was the is. price of the bacon wrapped dog, by the way? I want to say it was thirteen bucks. Okay, that's not bad. Thirteen bucks for the for the dog. I was thinking you were gonna say like I got a, a a the only drink they had at that stand. Was was a lemonade? Was a strawberry lemonade? I think it was ten bucks. So, um, I mean, I didn't think that I didn't think the concession yeah. prices were anything okay. crazy. How you was know, the pretty, parade? The parade, you know, I gotta say, you know, again, it's one of those. I'm glad I could say I did it, you know. But you know, as I had said to some folks that I from Memphis that I had run into uh, uh, at the airport that were going out there too, you know. When I'm at home, I don't sit there and watch two hours of the parade. <laughs> no, it's parade. And I watched. Not fun. I watched as much as I could, but but it was also in the context that I wanted to run back to the hotel, refresh, and then you know start the day. Because the crazy thing was, you know, the parade started at eight, and you had to be the, the instructions that we were receiving were you needed to be in your seat in your area. By like six or six thirty, and we, oh, you know, our, you know, the hotel was, you know, fifteen twenty minutes away. But then there was traffic, so you had to gauge. Long story short, I got up at four thirty to catch an Uber at five thirty, and it, it was a long day. So you were, you, um, so you had to sit there for basically two hours before the police yes, started. Yeah, and, and and there were a lot of people, you know, first timers like me that doing the same thing, and we're after a while we're sitting there. Looking at your watch and thinking, thinking a lot of time had passed. It had been a half hour, and it's like, <laughs> and, and there was this steady. The frustrating thing was there was this constant steady stream of people, you know, walking down the street, going to their seats, and we're like, well, why the heck did we have to get here at six or six thirty when the street anyway? That's because. <clears throat> but it was it was cool to be there. Took pictures. Met very nice people, and and again, I mean, you know, it, it it's. In the end, a parade is a parade. It's like great. it is, like it. Because like when I was in New York and it for on Thanksgiving, and I was like, okay, the Macy's Thanksgiving yeah. parade. I went out there, watched a little bit of. It, I'm like, okay, like I've had enough. Like it's yeah. a parade. Like, right. I don't, there's right. just not much That's of a parade right. that really excites you. That's right. To watch the same, yeah, a different group of people come by with a big Ex- old balloon. You're like, okay, it, I've seen it all. Let's it's like yeah. let's move on. It's like Clark Griswold at the Grand Canyon, <laughs> just kind of gives the old. All right, let's get on. Yeah, like it's just I don't know. I, it's a parade. I'm yeah. glad I was there. Glad I got to experience it. Would I do it again? Probably not. Probably hey, not. Real quick before we take a yeah. break, and when I come when we come back, I want to talk about what we can look for to, yeah. for next year's twelve team playoff. But I think it was Herb Street again. He's getting a lot of uh, pub here on our show. That said, why don't we consider moving the bowl games, not the ones involved in the playoff yeah. and all that, to the beginning of the year, where it wouldn't be teams that earned their spots in the bowl games, but it would be like a big national game. To open the season and have a bunch of those, would that do anything for you? 
It depends. Short answer: No. And you know that's something you know as as a, from our organizational standpoint, we haven't discussed that. Um, you know, I, like if you had Auburn and you know, Kansas it, State, it, it, and season. I was in in this morning getting up early and listening. I was listening to a to a show uh, in Birmingham with with Colt Kublick and and uh, McElroy, and this was a topic on their show this okay. morning in Birmingham as well. And mm-hmm. they had a guy, I think from I'm not sure where the where the guest was, but they they talked about this on their show. Um, I just don't buy that. I guess having my bowl executive hat on, you know, it concerns me. Uh, you know, the drumbeat of the bowls don't mean anything comes from media people, whether they're local, regional, national. It was the same thing with the BCS. We got to change. We got to change. It came from the media. You know, and I'm like, you know, you got, and I say this as a former media guy, you don't let media guys don't live in the real world when it comes to things like this. It's a work assignment. They're traveling on the company. They're dining and eating on the company. They're going to the game free. They don't have the same experience that the fan has. And again, Mm -hmm. doing what I do and with our daughter at Alabama, that's one of the things that it's been educational for me. It's been uh, uh, giving me that uh, uh, perspective of the fan experience that I'll, I'll admit, you know, for eons for me, you know, being a media guy and being a bowl guy where you go to the game, you sit in the press box and, you know, that's more or less your experience. But sitting in the stands in Tuscaloosa and a couple other places and at the Rose Bowl, you know, I, I just think media people are jaded. Um, yeah, but we don't get a bacon wrap. And I don't agree. I, I don't agree that the bowls are meaningless. No, and, I, and, I, and that I, I may sound self-serving, but look, ask the Tigers. Yeah. As an example, was that game meaningless or anybody else? I mean, it it, it is meaningful. Um, I think I've always said to me, bowls are a reward for the players. Absolutely. And they are, and for fans, it's a bit. If you're going to be one of the fans that can go, it's a reward for fans to go to some different places and enjoy different things. You're spot on. You're spot on. And, you know, it's concerning for me that uh, this drumbeat of, again, of the bowls not being, being meaningful. Uh, again, I would point to TV ratings. We talked about earlier, you know, uh, the actual in-house uh, attendance at a lot of games is down, but the viewing habits and just pe- the way people consume live sports has changed. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that minimizes the importance and the, the meaning of the games. Preseason, I, I wouldn't be in favor of that. And, okay. and again, the bowls are a part of the fabric of our co- of our country. Always it's holiday time. Been. Always has you, been. You well, put it on. That's why it's never. And happen. it's just what we do as Americans. ESPN wants the programming during that time of year. That, 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 the, there are like the Chick Fil A kickoff classic, or like there are bowl games that have their preseason yeah. kickoff games. Yeah, that's their choice. If you guys wanted to have an AutoZone Liberty Bowl kickoff classic. You would do that, but you don't. That's not what you, that, that yeah. would be. In addition to your bowl game, yeah. your bowl he, game he hit it on the head. That week, they know people are home. They're with their families. They're watching yep. TV. They need the programming, and that's Absolutely. what they have with all these bowl games. All right, yeah. We'll take a final break. Come back. Final segment. Looking ahead to 2024 in college football. This is the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Inside College Football Hour. Right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 98.5 FM. 
Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Welcome back to Sports 56 Mornings. This hour brought to you by Acura of Memphis. Now, more of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl inside college football hour. Here are your hosts, Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, and Harold Grader. That's right. This hour is brought to you by Acura Memphis. Ridgeway, 385 online, acuramemphis.com. Great cars, great people. That's what you'll find. A great car buying experience every single time at Acura of Memphis. By the way, how many bowl, how many of the New Year's Six bowl games have you been to? Have you been to a bunch of them? See, I covered the Fiesta Bowl. I've caught the Cotton Bowl with the Tigers, Fiesta Bowl when I covered Tennessee winning a national championship. I've never, I've only seen the Rose Bowl from the outside. Yeah. Uh, I've been to the um, the Peach Bowl. Never been. I've never covered a Sugar Bowl, but obviously I've been to that stadium a million times. I told you the Cotton Bowl, Fiesta. So the only one really think, was uh, the, oh, Orange Bowl. I've never been to the Orange Bowl. I covered. Uh, I covered Orange Bowl. I'm trying to remember. It was once or twice. I, I, I know I covered the. Arkansas, Oklahoma, Brian Bosworth game. Oh, wow. And I covered the Sugar Bowl when Tennessee beat Miami. Big upset. Huge win for Tennessee. Whatever year that was, 96, 97, something mm-hmm. like that, maybe. No, it was earlier than that. Yeah, it was earlier because they won the championship. You know what? It was January 95 because I had just graduated from then Memphis State. Oh, okay. And I was obviously already working at uh, at uh, Action News 5. Uh, covered a Cotton Bowl. So let's see. So that's orange. And covered a sugar. Was at the sugar last year with Alabama, and uh, and now I've not Rose been to the Pete Dan the Rose. So I guess so. I guess I've I've been at covered attended three of the three of the what we now call the New Year Six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. All right. So next year we go to the twelve team playoff. Yep. And we know that for two years at least we get the twelve team, and then we'll see what happens yep. with all the contracts and all. But we were talking about this the other day. That I wonder when it's all said and done, how many SEC and Big Ten teams will be in the twelve-team playoff? A bunch. A bunch. I would say probably eight. Between the two, like four and four or something like that. Yeah, yeah probably so. You're gonna have probably the, so the other three conference champions, and then I'm willing to give one spot to an at-large out of what of the out of the Big Twelve or ACC. Yeah. They're, 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 and could, then there's a group of five. It there, there could be nine. It could be yeah. nine plus the Big 12 champion, the ACC champion, and a group of five champion. Yeah. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising. It, 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 I think most years it'll be eight or nine teams. The big yeah. talk right no, now. The big talk right now is that Ole Miss is taking that step. Obviously, they beat right. up Penn State pretty good in the Peach Bowl. Kiffin has done an amazing job yeah. in the portal. They got Dart coming back. They got some other big time players coming back. But you look at the SEC going into next year, you add Texas, you add Oklahoma. I'm not so sure Venables is the answer there at Oklahoma, but you know Oklahoma normally is going right. to be a power. They're added to that conference. And then Washington, Oregon, USC. Yeah. You would think Lincoln Riley gets them back to where they usually are. And even UCLA all join in the Big Ten. So, my gosh, you're stacked. What do you think about my, um, the next year? 
5-12 matchup for the playoff. Ole Miss as the 5, Memphis as the 12. How about that? That could happen. That is Very real, easily could that happen. That's a realistic thing. Like That is not it, like, it, well, that's just dumb to say. That could happen. It, it, absolutely. That, that could happen. Going back to our earlier conversation, from a Memphis perspective, from a Tiger fan uh, perspective, I, I would say, let's, let, let's stake out the ground right now. What is today? I've lost track of what day it is, what the date the fourth. is. The fourth. day. January 4th, 2024. The expectation is for Tiger people, we're in the playoff. We're, we're in that 12 next year as the group of five. That should be the expectation. Yeah, I mean, champion of the American, the best group of five, you're in the playoff. If they, because if you're the champion of the American, you're going to be, you're certainly in the, that, that bottom line, you're right there in the conversation. It's pro- It should take an undefeated team, probably, from somewhere else to beat you out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you figure— Maybe Just look at the competition in the other conferences. But if you look at— From a strength standpoint Tulane and all losing that. losing their head coach and quarterback. Yeah. UTSA losing that quarterback. Yeah. Like, certainly you go in with the idea that you have a—I I mean— if Hennigan's back, which is both everything on yeah, track, that, yep. with what you've got coming back, you look like on paper the best team in the conference. Yes. Yes. The pro- here's, here's the problem though: if you got Florida State non-conference, right? You, you, who knows? But right, that's going to be tough to win that game. That's fine. But if you lose one conference game, even if you win the conference championship, now you have two overall losses. What happens if there's another Liberty undefeated? We saw what happened to Liberty this yeah. year. They got slaughtered by by uh, Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Will they come back with, well, they're undefeated, but that league, whether it be Conference USA, right. MAC, is inferior right. to the American Conference? Or how about if it's a, a Mountain West team that goes undefeated? They're going to get the nod. I, I think that would be a... Well, again, that's, that's like... I, I, said it's, it'll, that, I would say the expectation should be... American Conference champion. Yes. You hope that turns into you're in the playoff because right. of being that. Oh, yeah, no question. Yes. But here's the thing. I'd agree with that. If yeah. you're a one-loss American Conference champion and only have one overall loss, you're in great position. The Florida State game, again, unless you could pull the upset, that would be two. And it's, it's almost like it's a bad year to play a power. To play a power on your schedule in the non-conference. Right? But they're always going to have one or two of those on their schedule. Not always. Not this past year, right? You you could lose them. You would think. Who did they play again this past year? They played Boise, Bethune. Missouri. They played Missouri. Well, who knew Missouri was going to be They're going to have one every year. A Power 5 conference opponent. Yeah. They should. They should. should. I'm just saying, you know, in a year we're talking about maybe. Hopefully, eventually, they're going to have a bunch of them. They'll be in the what? conference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, there'll be eight or nine of those. <laughs> one can only one can only dream. Harold, it's been another great season with you. We look forward to doing it again next year. It's always fun. Again, we we thank uh, 
Flynn Broadcasting, Sports 56, you guys for the great support. It's always fun being here on, on uh, Thursday mornings. Again, we thank the fans. We thank AutoZone, FedEx, right down the list of the great support we get within the community. Uh, Tiger fans, thanks for showing up and showing out. Uh, be proud of your football team. Be proud of your coach. Uh, great year for us at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. We appreciate it, and uh, we're looking forward uh, to next year. You know, Obviously, the, the next big event for us will be our summertime golf tournament in June uh, for St. Jude and uh, you know I'll be in uh, Nashville actually this this week weekend uh, Monday Tuesday uh, for the uh, American Football Coaches Convention where the uh, Touchdown Club Greg Cotton president of the club will be presenting the Academic Achievement Award to uh, numerous schools that uh, very nice are receiving awesome. that including our friend Butch Jones at Arkansas State. Good for them. Congratulations to all. So thank you, guys. Happy New Year. Appreciate you. All right, Harold. We appreciate it. That'll do it for us today. We appreciate you listening, folks. Thanks again to our guests, John Filippo, the new coach of the Memphis Showboats, Dallin Hayden, running back for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and, of course, Harold Grader. We're back tomorrow to wrap up the week, starting at 7 a.m. Among our guests tomorrow, John Varlis will join us from the Daily Memphian. We'll talk Tigers basketball with Matt Dillon, the Tiger basketball report. Of course, the Tigers tonight in Tulsa, opening up conference play. And Brandon Lang will join us to uh, handicap the big NFL weekend, the final weekend of the regular season, plus 10 in a row. The game show that has swept the nation. Well on, friends, on Sports 56 is coming up next. For Eli Savoy, for Zach Boyd and Harold Grader, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great day, everybody.